Hello friends, my name is Colm and this is the Sober Mess podcast and you're very welcome. I am absolutely chuffed to be joined by my good pal Mick McDermott. Mick is an online health and lifestyle coach. He's helping people live with more confidence, more clarity, reduce and overwhelm self-doubt, boost their consistency. He has an incredible story. He's gone from construction, then went on a journey around the world to come home, buy a van and just hit the road. And now he does the van, the podcast in a van uh, all over Ireland and he's planning on going all over Europe in the van. So I'm delighted to have him on the podcast, have all things charity and all things well-being. And uh, it's just a a ball of energy and a delight to be around. So Mick, how are you, my old pal? Colin, what is happening? I tell you what, I haven't had an introduction like that there. I don't think ever. <laughs> That's a good way ego. Yeah, I could have so man. Do you know what? I could have went on and on, but we only have an hour to interview you. So be here all day. Be here all day. You keep her short and it's sweet here. We all I didn't want to blow your head up too big, man. You know, <laughs> we're laughing there. We give the listeners an insight. We're like round two here, so we're like. We're like two uh, podcast slots here. We're jumping from one podcast to the next. <laughs> yeah. uh, you come in mine, I'll come in yours. Yeah. <laughs> double job. <laughs> double job. I'll well, come in your podcast if you come in mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My podcast cooler than yours, bro. <laughs> My podcast will kill your podcast. <laughs> so yeah, man, it's been, a, it's been a good afternoon having yeah. the, the DMCs now for sure. Man, it's powerful, isn't it? The deep chats. It, but it's, it's the wild thing about life. The, how often do we go about our lives and never actually have these like conversations you know what I mean like I could spend the whole week or a whole month in work you know just talking about football talk about boxing talk about the weather all these superficial conversations just at the surface but and, and never getting any depth and yeah. I think for me that's why I struggle so much with my mental health because I was thought I was the only one that suffered with mental health you know and you're going around and you're kind of putting on the brave face putting on the pretty picture you don't want anyone to see that what's really going on beneath the surface because we're like these performers or these actors and we're hiding behind the mask, you know. Yeah. And, and deep down, we're, we're really struggling and we're really suffering. As, a, as I heard someone put it eloquently before, you know, they felt like uh, Brown Thomas on the outside and Tesco on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> you said that earlier and I was like, it's so true though. But even the whole, like you were saying there about wearing the masks and like there was a lot of stuff that you were saying on you know our chat earlier about you know maybe not feeling enough or not feeling like you fit it in and there's a lot of things that i could resonate with out there as nearly like internally nodding my head and there's probably a lot of people listening to this would be nodding their head too because i feel like it's only when you actually open up and you can have the conversations with these people that outside of the surface level small talk you realize everyone has maybe the we seeds within them and mm. one thing that i can I nearly look back on, say, any of these parties you go to, or even in today's world as well, you could be going into any setting. It's usually the most confident person in the room is actually the mm. most insecure. Yeah. And the more work that I've done on myself and the more I can nearly sit back now and be confident in my own skin, but then nearly look at that and go on, and then nearly be compassionate to that person going, I wonder what's really going on there. Yeah. Do you know? And like, maybe sometimes I'm overthinking it. As I said earlier, I'm a bit of an overthinker, but... At the same time, I actually feel like the people that say less and don't need to be the centre of attention, they're yeah. the people that's just comfortable and they're the people that's content in their own. And then one, one example comes to mind there. I was at like a family wedding, so an Irish wedding, you know, 200, 250 people. And the DJ come on straight after the meal and he was all trying to get the, the crowd going and, you know, to get the games going. So one of the games was where... He would have played a tune and like some a song that everyone knew, right? So it's like Tina Turner or something. And then you had to stand up and he run down to you and you had to sing the lyrics for, you know, five, ten seconds and he give you a free drink or something. So of course then crack was flying and you could see there was a big imbalance in who was standing up and who wasn't. There's was a lot more women compared to the men. And there's a few of the lads then see that they um one of the songs come on, they all knew it, and they all bounced up, they're all singing. And then next thing, the DJ made a beeline down to them, put the mic in front of one of them, and he was all like, not a fucking chance, and all yeah. passed the mic away. You know, there's no interest. But a few hours later, those same table of boys were up fucking on each other's shoulders, you know, ties around their, ties around the head, and it was just like completely different. So it was sort of that, 
have that in us and oh, 100% man I can relate so much to that the, like the big ego and the low self-esteem it's like you're you have to convince people that you're something because you don't feel like you're enough you know yeah. you have to be the loudest in the room because you feel you know feel insecure you have to tell people how hard you are because you're actually really afraid and or you, like it's like obviously watching in betweeners obviously jay or in betweeners <laughs> like that's a prime example like you know all the people yeah. with anyone and it's really like you're trying to convince people you're enough you know and and, and again it's the people you meet that are humble like because i know i know if i'm doing jujitsu you meet them guys, you see guys on the mats in the jitsu, you know, black belts, brown belts. You meet them on the street and they're so quiet, they're so humble. Yeah. Like they'll literally come across as like nerdy people that, you know, the type of like Peter Parker out of, out of Spider-Man, you know, yeah. the glasses and just real gentle and nerdy. But yet when you see these people on the mats, they are savages, like they are killers. And the thing is, they don't need, they're so comfortable in their own skin that they don't need to convince the world who they are, what they are. And, you know, and I think you meet people like that on the street, you know what I mean? They don't need to be the guy that has to get the word in, or has to, you know, take over the conversation or tell them all the accolades he's achieved, you know, because they know they're enough. They don't need to go convincing the whole world or trying to get that confirmation. Am I enough? Yeah. You know? And that's so true. And I think it's like, again, when you... Like, I always think you're your own best example because if you can look back at yourself and your own story and go, oh, I could see when that reared his head. Like, we were even saying there before we started recording, one of the big things for me was always wanted to get people to like me. And I even noticed it popping up there recently. And it was just like, it was only then I nearly pulled back, and go, oh, where's that coming from? And, you know, it, it, it doesn't go away in some capacity, but you're a lot more aware of it and you're not actually being consumed by it and turning into a different person because, like, I feel so, like, at ease when I'm having these conversations. I'm just like, this is like, to me, I feel, I feel so much more comfortable having a deep conversation about all this stuff compared to, I feel so uncomfortable sitting there. Like, say if I would go back to that wedding and I was sitting having a small talk conversation with someone, I'd feel more uncomfortable there compared to sitting down with someone going, oh, yeah, I'm struggling with this lately, but I'm doing that and this and, you know, talking about emotions because I nearly feel like that's a sense of of uh, comfort for me now, whereas I feel so uncomfortable, nearly like a social anxiety. Yeah. When I'm having them small small talk and I'm just like, oh, come on, come yeah, on, I just the, like have the, the elevator chats. Like, uh, it's just like, yeah. And do you know the thing is too, it doesn't always need to be like real deep and serious. You can still have, <laughs> yeah, like, there's always people, well, it all happened when I was two years old. <laughs> still bring a bit of humour to it and still have a laugh. But at the same time, you can still talk about, you know, like, I love over, like, they all say in Ireland here, where it's like, Everything is solved with the answer grand. How yeah. you feeling? Grand. And that could be your top of the world. You've <laughs> just the lower your fucking rock you have, bottom. You have a week to live. Grand. <laughs> grand. grand. Yeah. You're like, nah, just get on with it. You know, so mm, it's, it's, a, it's a great phase, but, but also a, it, it can be our detriment as well. I love again. it. But yeah, at the same time, it's like, right, come on, we can surely, surely we can throw another word in after it. Grand. Yes, well, that's the thing. I think the more you get comfortable opening up and realise you're not the only one that experiences certain feelings. Like, you're sitting around with the lads, you're not going to be like, her aunt dog has a point of feeling insecure, like, you know? And But when someone sets the tone, like, it's like, oh, you at the bed? Oh, really? Jesus, why oh, you at the bed too? And it makes it go, oh, you yeah. at the bed? You know, and, and it's like, that's, that's the thing where I met, when we open up our mental health that the challenges and, you know, it's like I'm struggling today and, you, being able to say that to someone and you don't know I don't want him to think I'm moaning or I'm fucking you know like dumping on him or you know what I mean that whole thing and it's like oh, oh yeah I'm too and then you get the sense of comfort of well I'm not the only one and I think that's why it's important sometimes to be able to to reach it doesn't even have to be a friend it doesn't even have to be a you know relative or family or whatever sometimes it could be just reaching out to a therapist or something and yeah. just being able to take the like we have all this stuff going on in our heads and with the actors and, and the showmen and the persona out there, like trying to just play things up front, everything's grand, right deep down. We're just, I think that's powerful when you, when you have to just throw it out there and get it out in the open. And it's beautiful now, there's so many big movements or big uh, organizations now that are, you know, promoting this and encouraging yeah. this in people, like the Blue Balls and yeah, the Ripple loads. Effect. And you know, there's all these different organizations getting together that are promoting like well-being and people talking about what's going on having these real conversations and, and stuff like that but Mick please 
bring bring us back your story, man. I'm dying to hear it. So bring us back to like bring us really back to childhood and bring us on a little little uh, adventure, a little, little journey, as I say. Bring, yeah, bring us along. Yeah. So like to be honest, my childhood like I couldn't fault it at all. It's like my parents were salt of the earth, and I think it's only now that I realise how much of a positive impact they have had on me, like as the person I am, as the human I am, because they nearly instilled these sort of habits in me that I probably still carry in every interaction today. And it's nearly, it's it's just given me a sense of, you know, things are just being honest, you know, be your, you know, be kind to people and the stuff that's simple, the stuff that's, you know, and I actually feel like it's helped my business as well because when you're treating people with compassion, then it's only naturally that it's going to have a ripple effect into other areas. So in terms of childhood and all, man, I couldn't ask for more, but I was always very, I look back now, I was probably an insecure child. A lot of similar to what you were saying, you know, maybe it felt like it wasn't been enough and felt like you're always on the outside. And then I felt like, you know, went through teenage years, even university, the college days like that. And it was only when I went traveling, at, uh, I went to Pittsburgh for summer a few mates from home and we went I was 20 yeah I was 20 because I had to get a fake ID so <laughs> wasn't even the right age so we were over there and I feel like that summer just shifted something in me it was like mm. I come back a lot more confident and a lot more I just nearly come back a, a different version of myself and then I think I planted the seed of traveling there's like right I need to do more of this or want to do more of this and that led me then just uh, the summer after that, end up going to Canada on my own. So just sort of says like, right, I'll go and try a bit of solo traveling. And again, that shaped me even more to, you know, grow as a person because you hadn't got your mates around you. You had to get outside your comfort zone a lot more. And then after that, was, what was, what was attractive about getting away? Like, do you know what it was? I can see it was, it was probably running, do you mm. know, because I probably, I didn't like the version of myself at home. But I didn't even see this at the time. To them places, I was able to reinvent myself. I was able to, and not that I would have changed completely in terms of like, I didn't go, oh, I'm Paddy and I'm a fucking superstar boxer. Or, you know, mm. I wasn't making up any persona, but I was probably able to be a bit more authentic that I maybe didn't allow myself to be at home. And it's only probably in, so I'd say that's probably the big thing that's been the reoccurring. And then I feel like, um, the travel inside of things has always played such a big impact on my life in terms of the self-growth. I honestly think it's one of the biggest personal growth tools out there. And it doesn't even need to be anything deep. It's like you could turn it into such a, uh, an adventure. Do you know, it doesn't need to be anything that you need to go away and find yourself. Do you know, I feel like if you go to these places and you just throw yourself into the culture and get outside your comfort zone, comfort zone and like the the conversations you're meeting with the people in the hostels or the people you're meeting from that country and just looking at right well hold on they do things differently you know what could i learn from them and i feel like then the real big transformation for me come when i was uh i used to be like construction building surveyor was my degree I couldn't survey a building now if you ask me, so hope you're not looking at any surveys down here, Colin. <laughs> yeah, Don't be coming to me. I was wondering why you uh, with the apartment here is leaning over to the left. <laughs> Had the tape measure out there before yeah. we started. <laughs> but uh, nah, like it's, it was one of them jobs. It was just like, ah, oh, like what'll I do? Just, yeah, it sounds, that sounds like a decent job. You know, I had no real, look back now, I had no real interest in it, you yeah. know. But done that for a few years, it was just miserable. And then I was just like, I was about, well, I think I was 26. I was working in England and I was just like, fuck this. There's more to life than this. And I'd already been trying to be proactive to try and work online and do something. And then my big sort of long-term vision was to go travel the world and work online and just, you know, live that sort of laptop lifestyle. And then I was sort of being proactive five, six months before I was going. I would have been getting up maybe maybe half five six tried to do maybe a few hours in the morning went to work maybe went to the gym after work and they come home what I set up done another couple hours so he'd done this for about a good three four months just to try and get ahead to try and be making some money by the time I left because I'd already been a flight booked and then it just I knew everything I was trying just was falling through and so I was, uh, I was trying like social media marketing writing blogs all the stuff that I wasn't that skilled with but I was hungry in the sense that it was like right I'm going to work to learn the skills but 
the more I tried, I was like, I'm just forcing myself down something to make money. So I nearly sat aside and then it was nearly by accident I fell into personal training. So I got, I seen that there was a, someone I followed online, they were talking about the course that they were doing. And I was like, fuck, I would love to do that. And I have the knowledge, you know, some of my mates would be asking me we like tips with stuff. And I was like, yes, I'll do that. You know, so literally near on an impulse, done that, got qualified within three weeks. And then I was jumping on board flight. I, w- I booked a one-way ticket to Columbia. And after that, I was just like, fuck it, whatever happens, we'll see. But nothing venture, nothing gain. So that was the way I went. And then went over to Columbia and like, I probably was like, I told myself I'll like do a couple hours every day and try and build something. So I would start having an income. Went to Columbia and just partied and done, <laughs> done the complete opposite. Mm. And then I had a great time, like loved every minute of it. But as the months went by, I was just like, right, I'm starting to start, you know, things are starting to dwindle here in terms of money. But probably the biggest thing that happened was like I broke down one day on the beach. And I remember I was, I'd worked my way as far down as Peru. And I was just, I was working in a hostel at the time, like volunteering. So I worked in the bar. So you're partying at night time. Then you were going to after hours parties. And I remember I ended up going to a house party after. It was a house party with a load of locals. A party that I probably shouldn't have been with. There was people there that shouldn't have been hanging around with. People that would have got you into a lot of trouble if I had been caught in their company. And like, like, uh, local gangsters, and local like gangsters, that. yeah. And it's just like, how have I? Like, I remember coming home from the party, and it was like five or six in the morning, and the sun was rising. And this we like picturesque beach town, and I just felt like so, like it was such a void. And I knew at my core, I was like, what you're doing is not right. You know, there's like something needs to change. And I remember, but uh, I was like, I was steaming drunk, so I was, and you know, I was, I was on all other things as well. And it's just like. I remember just being numb, but then I woke up the next day and sobered up, and I nearly just passed it aside and going, ah, it's nothing, you know, I nearly just pretend it didn't happen. And then a couple of days later, I remember I was just sitting on the beach and I was sober at this time, and it was just like the sun was setting. I had actually, one of my things I tried to set up was like a wee uh, beach yoga class when I was there, just for a bit of crack, meet a few people, and I was like, fuck it, sure, I'll throw together a wee circuit class. No one showed up the week before. Five or six people showed up, so I I internalized that as it's because of me. No one showed up. I'm shite. You know, like I'm just a fucking piece of shit. And then everything else brewing in the background, and I was like, I should be living the dream. I'm like traveling the world. This is what I wanted, and I just felt so low. And then as the sun was setting, I just remember just breaking down, crying, and as it got darker, I just felt like, in a way, I was getting darker. Do you know mm-hmm. the thoughts internally, and yeah. I'd say that was probably like a, the biggest thing, the biggest moment that shifted, and that was December in 2018. And I remember, what do you think shifted then? Like, what was it? Belief was the, it an expectation? The belief, the belief shifted and going, I need to change, or I'm going to stay the same. So I need to change how I'm living. I need to change my actions. I need to change my habits. And I just got such a hunger for. That changed a hunger for doing the work. And then it's just, it's been a five-year journey of loads of ups and downs. Mm. But I'd put it all back to that moment. Like a friend actually, excuse me, a friend actually said to me, like, that was your spiritual awakening. And I was like, I never thought about that. But Mm. that's probably, for anyone who's spiritual, they would probably, yeah, that's probably what it was. Other people would maybe put a different terminology on it. But that was the moment that shifted. And it shifted the trajectory of where I was going. And just, I suppose it woke me up to going, hold on here, like, you've told yourself you're going to live a different life, but you're not really, you're full of shit, so actually start to embody that. Mm. And yeah, I'd say that, that's where, like, I feel like I'd done, the the, the time that I was, I was in South America, 18 months, I feel like it was two parts to it. There was a part up until six months in, I was like partying and drinking and just hooking up with women. And the other part was so much different, I was like working on my business, working on myself, you know, building myself up, and I feel like they were just polar opposites. But it allowed me to come back home yeah. then to Ireland, just yeah. a different person. I love that. I remember hearing a quote recently. You know, everyone has two lives, and your life starts when you realize you've only got one life. Yeah. You know, and it's like that. Yeah, you have yeah. that spiritual breakthrough. You know, and you realize my ways. Of, you yeah. know, and that's a beautiful thing about pain, man. It's a, it's an activator. You know, with we're sitting there, you know, looking at the sunset, and you're like, this, this is, is this what it's all about? Just not what I want, like you know. Me, 
we we have to go down that road to realize that. So we need need to touch the stove to rob a quote from a, from 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 a friend. You know, we need to touch that stove and get burnt a couple of times to realize yeah. there's nothing for me out here. Like, and did you then just wake up the next day and just have a different vision of what you wanted? I felt like a a, a lightness. I can remember even. Um, having a conversation with one of the lads in the hostel because he, he copped on and was way off when I come back to the hostel that night and then the next day I just felt like a sense of you know weight off your shoulders and yeah there was something there something just really shifted and I think it just um, it gave me an eye opener to that as I said you hadn't really changed and it also gave me an eye opener once I started diving into different podcasts I realised how blind I was to all these sort of different things like I didn't even realise what true anxiety was or what depression was it was only like I remember actually listening to did you ever listen to Blind Boy? Yes I love Blind Boy Oh I love Blind Boy so it was actually my brother sent me on Blind Boy's podcast he had actually a series and I think it was very built around anxiety and I remember listening and I was like fuck so much that was relatable and I was like mm. how am I only like understanding this now it was nearly just like an, a light bulb moment and it made me realise how much I've nearly used travelling as a form of running do you know and like say like I put myself an example now that I'm going to Spain now in a few weeks but it, I feel like I'm a completely different attitude yeah. to how I'm going do you know yeah. I'm not running away from here I'm yeah. running to Spain but I'm also in the sense that I actually love Ireland so yeah. much Whereas in the past, I remember jumping on the bus one day to go to the airport and I was like, I can't wait to get out of here. Yeah. As if the next destination was going to solve all my problems, but it wouldn't solve yeah. anything. Do you See, know? That's the thing. So that's just having we doing this from a place of pain or a place of peace. Because your head will follow you anywhere you go. Yeah. If you're doing the, the geographical, go off go over there, you know, the alcoholism or the trouble relationships or the, the depression or the anxiety will leave me alone. But like we're just, we're, it's like the same soap opera, but just a different TV. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And everywhere I go, there I am. You know. But if that, as you said at the start, with traveling, like was one of the greatest things you ever done, man. For me, traveling is the most stimulating and beneficial um, thing you'll ever do. You know, as you said, going meeting the hostel, staying in the hostels, meeting people, experiencing different cultures, just going on this adventure. You know, it's, yeah. it's so rewarding and fulfilling just to go and see the world as it is and see the beauty of nature and just the just just the adventure and that's what we're built for we're built to be curious and go on adventures and see different things and meet different people and get this different inspiration and you know the old cliche I went to find myself you know but it does it inspires <laughs> yeah. us and look what you said you went and you had this kind of moment on the beach and you know, uh, Leonard Cohen is that quote, you know, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And sometimes we need to be cracked open. We yeah. need to be cracked open to realise I'm not, I don't like this trajectory that I'm on in life. I want to go somewhere else. And that was the little spark that you needed, you know what I mean, to put you in the in the right place. So you had that moment and, and then you came home to Ireland and what happened next? Yeah, so to be honest, it was probably like, it took me even longer. It nearly took me to COVID to really sit with that and stop running because I came home and went away again. Fundamentally, what do you think you were running from? The feeling of not being enough. And what is that though? And that's it. Like, that's literally what is enough. What does it look like? And I think that's the big thing that I've realized that when you're living in that scarcity mindset of... I'm not enough and I don't have enough or, you know, the relationships aren't enough. I don't have enough money. You know, you're always looking more and more and more. You're living in a world that's never going to amount to what you're actually looking. And it's completely shifting that then. It's like literally looking at it from a different lens and coming at it from a place mm-hmm. of abundance. And like say even today for one example, like... I went for a run this morning, then I uh, done a bit of work on the, you know, it was, it was a couple of client calls, working on the business, and then coming over here to record the podcast. Before that, I went out for a walk and got a coffee, and I was just like, this is living, do you know, and it doesn't matter where in the world I am doing this, that as long as I'm content and happy in myself, I like, because like, in the past, I would have been like, oh, I need to be doing this living in Sydney, or I need to be doing this living in, but it wouldn't mean just like, you're at peace at yourself, you're at home in yourself. Mm. And I think that's a big change that I've yeah. found that until I reached that stage, but it took me to, you know, 
really sit with that, go to counselling, do the work and really do the work. I think nowadays so many people say like, oh, I'm doing the work and you're like, you're skimming a book or, you know, like, but I think you really have to sit by, yeah. do you know, like if it is, we talked about it earlier, it's like we live in a world nowadays where people can't sit with themselves, they're always distracting themselves, they're always numbing out. And I feel like that maybe leads to that we don't actually truly know ourselves, you know, going, well, who actually is Colm? You know, mm-hmm. actually, is make what what actually makes me tick. You know, it's took me nearly thirty one years to figure out who I am. But like, it doesn't even need to be that. It's just going who who is the authentic version of you. Mm. You know, and trying to get that version of you to show up in every interaction, and not trying to people please and trying to change that character as we spoke about, and trying to like, get people to like you. So. I feel like it's it's like everyone's journey. It's just there's so many different wee many breakthroughs. And I don't think, like as I said, that moment in the, the beach in Peru was probably the start of it. But since then, there's been so many like ripple effects. They're probably the same as you call them. Like, so you're 11 years sober. There probably just wasn't one moment and then everything changed. It was probably just like so many, like you maybe a couple of steps forward and then one step back mm. and you're like a couple more. Yeah, you have these certain moments in life that at the time they're extremely painful, but they turn out to be extremely beneficial. You know, yeah. and at the time, like you're saying, you're sitting on the beach, and I think pain is a great activator. And I heard a great, great quote recently. It was Sinead O'Connor that said it. You know, and she said, Sometimes you're mugged by God in a hoodie. And the person said, What do you mean by that? You know, sometimes you're mugged by this person, and something that you're attached to, that you're very attached to, gets taken away from you. And that person in the hoodie's walking away and they take down that hood and you realise it's God. And they've taken away something that's not serving you. And a lot of the time we need something like that to happen in order for us to let go of something that's not good for us. It could be a belief, yeah. it could be a habit, it could be a relationship, it could be a job, it could be someone that we're close and we love, but it's not serving us and it's not beneficial us and it's... It's holding us back, and you know sometimes the we're you know it's the gift of pain that we're given, and the gift of desperation, and you know I think sometimes we need that stuff to happen in life for us to break over. Because when I look back to my my um, most painful moments in life, when I hit rock bottom, I, I, I got sober. Then I, a few years later, I went through a really bad breakup, and I went traveling the world. You know, uh, I had a scare at my health, you know, and I got into training, got into jiu-jitsu and into running. You know, so if I was to look yeah. at anything I ever done successful in my life, it always came from a place of pain. It always came from a place of darkness originally. That's where it grew from. Yeah. You know, and it's that old quote, uh, I can't remember who said it, one, one, a philosopher said it, in order for the tree, the top of your tree to reach heaven, the roots ha- have to reach hell. I love that. Tell you what, man, you, you you have a good book of quotes, sir. I'm going to have to rob some <laughs> of these. written here in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm. He's memorised all these. There's none on site here. I'm very impressed. But honestly, it's so true. Like, mm. And I think it's like, like uh, you're, you're a walking example and I suppose my story is very similar and everyone's story is like, everyone's something starts from a place of pain. Like even, like one of the biggest things that you hear people say is when they go through a breakup, they're like, fuck, I ain't going to show them. So they are. And they maybe like rip their life into shape and they maybe get in shape themselves. You know, they're really lights a fire underneath them. But it comes from a place of pain. Mm. Do you know? And like how many times can we link back to going, maybe there's some sort of scarcity or urgency or like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in the red here and I need to freaking make a few quid. You know, you'll you'll get your arson gear and you'll do something about it. You know, mm. when you're sort of, I feel like when you're back to the wall and that's when the sort of true resilience comes in. Mm. Do you know you can crumble and play that play that victim mindset, which yeah, yeah, yeah. is what I did in the past. I think that's a big sort of shift as well. Is like now I always sort of look at anything and going, there is a gap between what happens and your response. And I always love that uh, Victor Frankel where he talks yeah, about you know yeah. the, the stimulus to response. Yes, that's where freedom lies. Freedom lies, and we have so much freedom in the choice. And I think that's mm. when you have that there. Do you know, approach to absolutely anything. Like say if someone pulls out in front of you and in traffic going to work and you're you're late or whatever, do you know, you can lose your shit. Yeah. Or you can take a breath and go, hold on here, what's going on in their life, mm. you know, or you know, maybe they're rushing to the hospital yeah. or maybe yeah. they're in their last warning work and if they don't get there they're gonna get sacked, you know. Yeah. But it nearly just puts a wee pause to go, Well, am I gonna react? And yeah. 
I don't know. I think so, we small things like that there, and like the more like even you talk about this, and you're probably the same. I I go off on so many tangents. It's like there's another thing coming to mind. Like you know, you you you've so many different we insights from different books. There's one pops up there with the four agreements, and it's just like you know, just do your best. So no matter what's going on in that day, just do your best. And every day there could be a different level of what is your best. So like on on your day where you're flying it, you might be getting the housework done. You might get, the, you maybe cook the dinner. You maybe get a load of work done. You maybe do a bit of reading. But that 10 out of 10 day, where there's maybe other days where you are maybe like a three or a four, you maybe had a shitty night's sleep, you're overthinking something at work or maybe relationship issues. And the best you can do is maybe going for a walk and calling a friend. You still done your best, you know. And I think it's just like trying to have that approach where you're just showing up each day and just like one thing I do at the end of every day is just write down three wins. And it's something I've just stuck with. I don't know why it's always been because it's so simple, it's so trivial. Like even like saying it out loud, you're like, what the fuck's that about? But it builds up a bank of wins. Mm. And like at the end of the week, then I look through and I have 21 wins that I can pick from. Well. And, you know, it's like, you'll, you'll nearly forget all them things, you know, like, I'm fucking head like I said, if I forget what I had for breakfast, do you know? Whereas, you look through maybe on a Sunday evening, you're like, fuck, I've done that podcast with Colm, I was unreal, or I met up a friend for a walk, I was, yeah, I forgot about that. And you nearly, you're nearly reliving the moment a second time, so you're nearly getting that endorphin or that dopamine hit again. And I don't even know if there's any sense behind that, but I've just even, that's the feeling that I get from it. But it's something so simple that's acknowledging what you've done that day. No matter how bad the day is, you're still acknowledging you've done your best. You know, you showed up and I think it's it's evergreen to everyone listening to this here. You know, you, you can you can take such a simple concept and it can build up, like for someone like myself, and maybe you're the same, I think we're very similar. It's like if you had that sort of self-worth or, you know, you're lacking in confidence, that just starts to build a stackable evidence mm. that you can't challenge. How long? You did have a good week. You've done your best, you know. I love that, man. It's powerful, isn't it? And it is, it's about it's celebrating the small wins, isn't it? Yeah. We're way, way too hard on ourselves. Like we have all this compassion and love for the whole world. They say, Mick, you're a great lad. You're fantastic. You're doing great stuff. But we can't bring that inwards. We can't bring that that love inwards, you know, and, 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 and recognise the good that we're doing. And I think that's the beautiful thing when you you journal and you're writing stuff down and you're recognising and you're like, hold on, I'm not the bad person I think you am. And that's, you talk about not being enough. Yeah. That we develop this core belief that we're not good enough as people. You know, and we go around looking for evidence, God, I knew who he was, you know, the cat across the road gave me a dirty look or that fella beat the horn at me. So it mustn't be a bad person, you know. And, yeah. and it's, it's that thing of being able to challenge this belief that, you know, we're actually decent skins, we're actually decent people and I've, I've done a lot of good this week. And sometimes when it's just putting one foot in front of the other, it's just getting out of bed, it's just trying to have a positive mind, it's just trying mm-hmm. to do little small things that, that, you know, we're not used to doing, you know what I mean? And maybe you're riddled with depression, you don't want to get out of bed, just get out of bed and get going. Maybe you're, you're on a diet, just, you know, have a healthier breakfast, have a bit of water, you know. Doing these little tiny things that can have massive effects in the long term. And I love what you said then as well about changing your mindset about you know, how you react to situations. You know, man, I, I used to have a nuclear reaction to situations and it wasn't me losing my head because the traffic jam was going too slow or it wasn't because in Tesco the queue wasn't moving fast enough. It was because I was like a moving mousetrap. I was already wound up, the gun was already loaded because my mental health was so bad where I was just waiting to project it onto something. You know, they say hurt people, hurt people. And that's always a hurt person. I was just trying to hurt people. You know, and I, man, I can say since I've done the work on myself, I haven't hit the horn in ages. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's sorry, that's a, that's a, an analogy for having sex. <laughs> no, I, you know what happened? Well, here with only vans are earlier now. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what happened in the van. I censored. But you know what I mean, man. That's a, and that's what I found. You know, the, the, the more I did, the more work I done on myself. You know, it wasn't like that mousetrap reaction anymore. Yeah. You know, I was able to deal with deal with life without having the explosive reaction. You know, the three P's that I was taught before uh, was uh, pause, pray, and proceed. You know, if you're a spiritual person, or it could be to meditate. You know, that something happens. You know, just go for a little walk. You know, before you react. That 10 second rule, count to 10. Someone says something you don't like, you're sitting in the office, your boss says something. Our first reaction is usually the wrong reaction. For a situation happens, a crisis, first reaction is, I'm going to drink. 
I'm going to lose my head. I'm going to eat something. I'm going to take something. I'm going to run. I'm going to hide. You know, first reaction is usually the wrong or the easy thing to do. But yeah. we sit down, we pause, we're patient, then we proceed and we're calm, you know. And, and that's the thing we're saying, to get that bit of control that we don't always have to be explosive and, and lose the head and, and go wild, you know what I mean? That we can be calmer about situations. Because I found that when I, when I walk slow and I talk slow, it's just yeah. to think slow. You and know? that's such a good point. And do you know what it is too, Colin? I actually think, and I'm as guilty as this too before we get into it, there's like... We live in a world where everyone's so busy and I feel like that feeds into then everyone being so wound up. Like, <laughs> to give you one example, this happened to me during the week in the gym. I was coming out of the gym, changing rooms, and the door flung open. And next thing, the boy just burst through, walked past me like a face of thunder. You just thought, you know, it was like you know, some five-year-old getting called in at dinner time for when they're out playing with their mates. Mm-hmm. And he's like... But... um burst past me and I just like looked I was like what the fuck's this problem and then I was just like you're welcome so I like sort of half held the door open and then walked on next thing he came out after me and sort of like didn't square up to me but he was like what did you say do you know and like popped the chest out and all and I was like I just said you're welcome so I did now inside I shit myself mm. but at the same mm-hmm. time I was just like what the fuck like where is this lad in a rush to mm. but I think that was a big thing too that was like two, two things is like I had to challenge myself and going, well, I don't know what's going on in his life. So that was the first thing. But it also made me realise how everyone's in a rush to get everywhere. And like, if you look at, we're in a rush to get to work, we're in a rush to get home, we're in a rush to get to bed. And I'm like, I feel like then, and again, I have to keep calling myself out on this. So like, that's not me preaching. It's like, because when you're like, out for your walk and you're just walking to hit them steps or you're out for the run just to, you know, do that thing. You're missing all the pleasures of life, do you know? And I love John Lennon's quote is like, when we're busy making plans is when life's happening. Yeah. Do you know, we we, we miss the, the simple things. Mm. And it takes us to slow down for them to happen because when we're so busy, I think then we neglect, do you know, we neglect the relationships we have, the people, and that's what's most important, do you know? Mm. And I feel like in the world we live in that is, and like a lot of time it's not people's, it's not people's fault because they have so much going on, they have bills to pay, they maybe need to work longer hours, the price of living and stuff. But at the same time, I feel like we have to take on a sense of responsibility yeah. to carve out that time of going, I'm going to sit and have a, a conversation with a friend over coffee yeah. or with your partner. Yeah. And no distractions and just be there. Yeah, Do you know that's right? It's a society that we live in. We, we all have that addiction, a destination. You know, when I get yeah. over there, then I'll be okay. You know, and we're we sit in a society where we're never like we're never in the moment. We're, like, we're distracted with constant stimulation. We have our phone, we have our laptop, we have food, we have technology. You know, we've constant gratification and dopamine everywhere we turn. That we're never actually sitting with ourselves or sitting in our own skin. You know, yeah. one of the most uncomfortable things to do as a human being is to sit with yourself, get to know yourself. And as you talk about feeling not being enough, you know what I mean? That if we sit still, sit with ourselves and be present and be in the here and now, you know, rather than oh, I'm on the phone, I'm on social media, I'm on whatever, that we're, we're never actually here. We're always on the way over there. You know, and how often, you know, you talked about, you know, putting the work in and how you like where life is. Well, like, that's an analogy for like going on the hike and going up the mountain. And then when you get to a place, you can appreciate the view. But how often do we actually stop and appreciate the view? Yeah. You know, I, was like, I, was, I remember going on a camping trip there uh, last year, and it always stands out in my memory because I remember being on this camping trip and this incredible sunset, just view on Ackle Island. And I was sitting there going, Oh, what a spot. What a beautiful spot. Aww. Right on top of Keel Beach. And I remember I forgot to bring, <laughs> I forgot to bring a coffee maker and, uh, and a, a different pair of runners. And I was like, this is amazing. But if I had it just brought that coffee maker, <laughs> it'd be much better. It was, it was great. It was imperfect. I needed that coffee. But it was just something was missing. Yeah. And that's such, it was like, this is where life is. You know, I was like, yeah. this is good. But if only I had A, B or C. And it's that uh, destination addiction. If I just yeah. get the A, if I just get the B, if I just get the C, then I'll be happy. I'm on this constant endeavor, this constant pursuit for over there because the grass is always greener over there. And it's that quote, the grass isn't greener over there, the grass is greener where you water it. Yeah. You know? And that's the thing, man. Like life is because we think we have so much time and we have so much time with the people we love. And then like, time goes so fast that you're just behind us and you're like, well, I wish we spent more time just being a 
bit more present, taking yeah. it in more. You know, just like, like, like take a breath every now and again and be here. That's so true because like if you think of anything that you're doing, like I even look at say the process of building the business. It could be the process of anything, training for your first 10K or even if it's like the process of building a relationship. It's always like so much of the fun parts is in that process. But even you talked about, you know, the, the hiking, like, because I think that's where I've got so much like solace. I just find like if I've ever struggling or anything, I'd find it in the mountains. I'd just go up there and get lost and just that peace just really helps me. But like... It's nearly just not forgetting every so often. Take a wee pause, take a wee break, a wee sup of water, turn around, look at the view, and you're like, fuck, I've come a long way. Mm. And I just find that when you take that approach to life as well, every time you look back and go, because the amount of times, like, we're so hard on ourselves, you're like, oh, I've done nothing this year. Like, you know, going into the new year, people are probably looking at everyone else's highlight reel in 2023. And you're like, oh, they've done this and they've done that. But if you actually look back yourself, you know, you've probably done a lot. And it's given yourself the credit. But again, this is easy for me to say this, but like say you calling or saying all the stuff there about me, I you just feel so uncomfortable, you know, like accepting praise or say if I was to go like, oh, call him, you know, he's got an unbelievable podcast or great business, you know, he's done all these unbelievable achievements, you know, like Iron Man, you know, like we nearly like, ah, but yeah, I haven't done this, you know, or like that hoodie there, ah, no, it's Penny, so it is, you know, you can't accept. But I think there's so much we can gain from accepting the you know, wins and giving ourselves a credit but also all the love of the process that's been one of the things that I've, done, I've loved with the van and setting up this tell us about a story on the van how like how did so you've literally decided to give up the construction give up that way of life and you went towards just getting in the van going hitting the road going yeah so the van sort of only really kind of seen when I was forced back to Ireland so Covid forced back and I was in Mexico with him and then I, I come back home and like it was the best thing that happened to me because I was one of them people. I was like, oh, Ireland's always oh, just dark, it's dull, it's rainy, you know. I was just seeing all the negatives. Whereas I feel like I've come back and I've seen Ireland from a different light now and I'm like, I've fallen head over heels in love with the country. Like I just, I've toured all over this summer. I've seen every corner of it and I'm just like, and I've still so much more to do and see and I think it just comes back to is like, what you said is like where you are, it's like, it's how you view the things, you know, and the lens you view them through. So for me, it was like, I remember it wasn't in a good place at one time and it was about maybe, it was last summer, about 18 months ago and I was just like, fuck this, I'm going to take off down the country. I was down to Sligo. I was down in Ennis, or no, I was down Strand Hill. I was doing a bit of surfing and I just got chatting to this lad, you know, on the beach and he was showing me his van and he was like, I was like, man, that's class because at the time I was just in a tent. So I always would ha- be happy enough with the simple things like, but when I seen his van, I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind a van, do you know? But I knew it was, I knew I was probably doing it for a lot better reasons than I was like thinking that it was going to solve all my problems. And I just knew there was like, it sort of a link to my values of like that sense of adventure and that sense mm-hmm. of travel. So then went over to England, bought the van, brought it home, done the van conversion over the winter. And even that too, there was so many times where I was getting stressed and overwhelmed and, you know, sucked into like, will it, will it just sell this here? I, have to even, I can't do this. And what am I doing? And then, you know, you just have to keep pushing through those sort of stories that you're self-creating and self-sabotaging. And hands down, it's one of the best things I've done. Just even then, I bought the van with no intention of doing a podcast from it. It was originally like you wanted to make porn in the back of the That was original. There's actually more money in podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like I sacked the porn off, so I did. I've sat aside Mick Jagger and just stuck with Mick, so I have. Mick Shagger, maybe. Mick Shagger. That's just come. Maybe I'll put us on Instagram. I love it. <laughs> so that's how that's how it all happened. Only fans fell through, so I had to go podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it, man. That's, but, that's class. Yeah, it. do you yeah. know? What, it's like any sort of stories. Like sometimes you just you take that leap of faith. You don't know where it's going to take you, but just trust the process mm. and not not have a, an end outcome. I think that's what I loved about. It's like the only outcome that I have was to get it that it was livable and then go wherever it takes you and it's took me all around Ireland now it's taken me to Spain I don't know how long I want to stay in Spain but just go with the, you right. know with the process and that is an adventure man that's, that's yeah so 
I love that. You were talking about like getting to a place of self love and self acceptance. What advice would you give to someone to get there? Ooh, I think the big thing, and it's it's very out there. It's very in your face, but it's do the work. I feel like we live in a culture that is, and not to be too cynical, because what is the work? For me, the work is actually facing your problems head on and accepting that you don't need to have it all figured out, but also accepting that you're not happy where you're at and doing something about it and taking responsibility. I think the big thing that is, is we're very quick to pass the buck on to someone else and say, oh, it's because of this label or it's because of my parents or it's because of something external. And I love Mark Manson. A lot of people may have read his book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, but... I love the, he said, it's not your fault for where you're at, but it's your responsibility. Mm. So whatever, wherever you're at right now, if you're not happy, I think it's on you to, and I love that um, I read this in Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He talks about response able. We're all able to take the next response. So when you have it from that attitude, it's bringing back that sense of control, that sense of empowerment. So for me, I think that's one of the biggest things is because until you start to do the work, you're not going to build the self-awareness, which I'd say is the next step then, because I look at myself, I was so unaware of like all the insecurities, all the stories that I was creating, all like not feeling good enough. I didn't even know I was going on and how I was, I was always just numbing out. So I think until you have that self-awareness, then you can't actually fully, you know, do the do the things that you need to do, do you know? So the two of them sort of go hand in hand that you, you, you have to get to the stage where you start to develop that self-awareness. But once you do, then, you know, it's... And when I say do the work, it doesn't need to be anything. It could be writing those three wins at the end of the day. That mm. takes a minute, two minutes, you know. When, when people maybe here doing the work, they think, oh, I have to go to therapy and I have to do all these big mad things. I'm all for going to therapy and counselling. That gave me so many breakthroughs. But at the same time, just meet yourself where you're at and start and just then building that, you know, because like, you can always be thinking, I'll do it next week and now's not the right time. But I always try and challenge that and go, well, when is the right time? Mm. You know, like... I love the the Chinese proverb is like the best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago. Mm. The next best time is today. Yes, yeah. you know. So like, not just kicking the can down the road because, as you said earlier, life's short. Mm. Like I see so many people in their their fifties and sixties, and they've they've maybe they've lived a life that's not really true to themselves. But it was what society would have pushed on them. You know, they're always just working and they're the man's man, but there's maybe so much more in them, you know, that they haven't been able to tap into. And I'm just like, to me, I'm like, I I would rather figure this out earlier rather than later. And then whatever comes of the, your, the rest of your time in this, this earth, you know, at least you're being authentic, at least you're being yourself. And anything else that comes is, yeah, just take it as a bonus, do you know, today because I feel like I've lived too long. And even I've lived too long where I'm like inauthentic and not myself and wearing all their masks. And I look back and see, I nearly feel sorry for that person, you know, and nearly going, right, I don't want to be that. And, and I always like, that's why the same as you is like, I love like the podcast and the talks because I, hopefully these podcasts are landing with people and going, oh, that's me nugget of gold that I take. And that's mm-hmm. all you need. It's like, like one thing that you say, one of your famous quotes here, mm. or you know something that I'd say, or something another podcast, mm. and if you can just put that into your day to day life, I think that can be life changing because yeah. it could just change the trajectory by one degree. But if you can do that in the next ten, twenty years, it's going to leave you in a completely massive. different position. Yeah, do you know, it's a small ripple effect that turns into like yeah. massive waves in your life and. And that's the thing, man. And you can inspire other people by making that change in your life. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like how many people have you inspired with your story, your podcast? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, and that's the thing. You know, to to the world, you might be one person, but to the to one person, you might be the world. You know? And, and that's yeah. The thing. 
putting out that inspiration but Mick it's been absolutely powerful talking to you and I just want to just yeah I'm just blown away by this man you're so, such an inspiration and you've few belters yourself man you're, <laughs> you're challenging for the belt of quotes a heavyweight champion of the witty one-liners and we'll the, have a wee quote off here yeah, to finish quote off yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's even a thing it's we'll not Eminem and Dr. Dre it's a quote off the, maybe that's but, how we need to finish yeah, these podcasts the, right? give me your best quote yeah <laughs> One day at a time, the social part, <laughs> yeah, the philosophical uh, one liner quote dance off. Um, right, I'm just going to finish off with a couple of quick fire questions. All oh, right, popped in the fire and seat. What's, uh, what's your definition of happiness today? Oh, I love that. Um, enjoying the past and the time. Beautiful. What's the greatest advice you've ever gotten? The greatest advice is. This is one that comes to mind. Don't take advice from people you wouldn't swap places with. What's the worst advice you've ever gotten? Oh, drink solves all problems. Hmm. What's something you still struggle with today? I still struggle with that level of like letting go of control. I'll be one thing that comes to mind as current that I've realised from doing the coaching. So that's something that uh, the need for control and maybe that comes from the sense of being enough. So it's something that I'm trying to get more of a handle on at rears and business and relationships and stuff. But yeah, that's probably. What advice would you get? What, what would you say to your 20 year old self? Back yourself and do the work. That's probably the two biggest things that I haven't done for too long I always had so much lack of self-belief so literally back yourself and go after what you truly want and last question what's your number one book recommendation Alchemist that's my favourite book ah uh, have you heard me I, I nearly read it once a year I'd say oh, it's, it's probably magic, the only book man. I, I love, love it. it and every time I read it I get something else out of it I love it man and in the same, the word, the one, the one quote that always jumps out to me is when you truly want something, the world conspires to help you achieve that. Yes, and so that's true. what I'm like, back yourself and go after yeah. what you truly want. Oh, beautiful. Man, I love you. I love the bounds <laughs> off you. Well done, Mick. A powerful conversation. Sad, man. Thanks for having me on, Colin. Thank you, man. Beautiful stuff.